Welcome to the Knife Junkie Podcast, your weekly dose of knife news and information about knives and knife collecting. Here's your host, Bob the Knife Junkie DeMarco. Welcome to the Knife Junkie Podcast. I'm Bob DeMarco. On this edition of the show, I'm speaking with Mike Thomas, producer of the Texas Custom Knife Show. For the last six years, Mike has been throwing and growing a knife show in Conroe, Texas, centered around TV's Forged in Fire contestants and their work. The show features live forging and cutting demonstrations and competitions, visitor participation, whether forging a knife or throwing a tomahawk, and of course, a judged knife competition. Mike invited me to the show to help out and be a part of it, and I cannot wait. I'm, I'm honored and very excited. So I'm calling on all Texas knife junkies to come out to Conroe for this knife throwdown. At the beginning of November, we'll talk about when in Lone Star style. We'll talk all about the uh, Texas Custom Knife Show with Mike Thomas. But first, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and download the show to your favorite podcast app. Also, if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going on over to Patreon. Quickest way to do that is theknifejunkie.com slash Patreon. Again, theknifejunkie.com slash Patreon. If you search Google for the best knife podcast, the answer is the Knife Junkie Podcast. Welcome to the show, sir. Nice to have you here, Mike. Thank you. Very glad to be here. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Not nearly as exciting as uh, what I have ahead of me. I'm, uh, this is all about me, you know. I'm so excited to come to it's the Texas show. Custom Knife Show. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me down there. I, I'm, I'm over the moon about it. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for accepting the invite. Obviously, you do a, a great job. You have a great audience here. I think I saw in the opening right there. This is episode number 453, I think. I mean, that's, that's stellar, Bob. I mean, congrats to you. And we're, we're just thrilled that you're willing to come be a part of it. You know, we started this thing a few years ago that, uh, you know, probably wasn't much bigger than a backyard barbecue, you know, the, for the first one. And it's, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's, it's really grown. It's really taken off and, and we're having a good time. Well, we're we're going to talk all about it in detail. But first, I want to find out who Mike Thomas is. Uh, how did you get to uh, be producing this show? Are you a knife guy? Are you more of a producer? What is your – who are you? Yeah, that's a great question. And hopefully we'll uh, spend about 10 seconds here and then move on to more exciting <laughs> things. But, uh, everybody asks me if I'm a knife guy, if I'm a knife maker. Well, those are two different things. I'm a knife guy. Uh, yeah. I love them. I've just never really made one. And so I'll, I'll be glad to confess that. Um, not proud of it, but it's, you know, they've welcomed me into this community, uh, you know, starting with this and it's an unbelievable, uh, community. If, if you haven't met a lot of Blaze Smiths, if you haven't met a lot of people that are in, in the industry, it's a fun show to put together and it's fun to get to know people in my community, the business community, uh, putting the event together, but nothing makes it more worthwhile than getting to meet the Blade Smiths and the other people that are involved. We, we went to a, a great uh, little show last weekend and got to see a few of the people that are going to be at our show next month. And it just, you know, it was recharging, right? You just get to shake hands, hugs, all that kind of stuff, high fives, and look at the great work that the business are doing. So that's what makes it worthwhile. Um, no, I, I grew up in farm country in Kansas, uh, went off to college to, to play baseball and learn journalism. I was going to be the next writer for Sports Illustrated. You know, that's, that's where I was headed, maybe working pro sports. Uh, but my senior year of college, I was a full-time athlete training for nationals. I was trying to graduate college uh, there in Kansas and wound up working in the athletic department. And uh, they host, the, the school, Washburn University, hosts a big 
holiday. It's a big basketball school. So they host a holiday tournament every year during the semester break. And early in my senior year, uh, the athletic director brought me in and for a lot of different reasons, they, they said, listen, you're our guy to put this event together. It's an eighteen tournament. I think it was like three days. I think it was eight teams. I don't know. It's been it's been a long time. It was back in the eighties, so forgive me. <laughs> um but they said, listen, we're a little short staffed and, and you've got to put this entire tournament together. I said, You want me to do what? I said, I I'm I'm an athlete and I'm a student. I'm trying to graduate and get on. And had so much fun putting that event together. The teams, the halftime, the promotions, the marketing. You you know when you know, you know? And yeah. it was just fun to get to do it. And then I had a chance to travel a couple of years later, promoted and did some concerts for an international humanitarian organization, help with people, if that oh, means about some people. It does. So but got to do advanced work for nine shows in three different countries for the Upper People cast, um, you know, promoting a great message about, you know, equality and on humanity and things like that. Um, and just, you know, again, fell in love with doing that advanced work and the PR work and the logistics. It's amazing just to, you know, put an event together and just see it all come together and sit back and let it happen. So uh, I've done it off and on throughout the years. And in 2018, this opportunity absolutely fell in my lap. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the very first Forged and Fire champions, I happened to meet him right here in the Woodlands, Texas. Uh, Guy Harris, rest, you know, rest in peace, bless his soul. You know, we lost him a couple of years ago. But uh, he asked me to partner with him and everybody else. And how, how could I sign up? Wow, that's uh, that's very interesting to me. Um, in in a lot of the people I've talked to, whether they're um, uh, knife makers or people who work in the industry somewhere or other, first of all, I've spoken to one other person on this show who is a part of Up With People, and I do not remember who it was. Uh, I remember that really? from the 80s. Yeah, when I was <laughs> a kid. Um, so that's yeah. kind of funny. But, but the thing that I run into a lot on this show, and I find it so interesting, because uh, it's something I admire, is the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, there, whether you are a very, um, whether you're uh, a large company putting out knives or a small maker making custom knives one by one with a forge, it takes some level of entrepreneurial spirit to make a go at that, at that. And to see the various levels is very interesting to me, but you are sort of pure that coming into the knife world. At least that's how it seems. Uh, with all the tournaments and stuff that you had produced in the past. What is it about all those moving parts and about pulling something, all these disparate parts together into one date and time and space uh, that, that, that excites you? Well, I'm sure somebody who's way smarter with me than me would find it as some kind of insanity. Um, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and I'm sure I've lost a lot of hair over the years doing it and I've added a few grays. Um, it's just a thrill. It's an absolute challenge. I mean, remember, I'm just a, a guy that came out of a small town and we get together uh, with to work with something like this. And again, just the people that we work with, but it's not just the amazing people in the bladesmith community that make this very worthwhile and rewarding and, you know, remind me almost on a daily basis why I do this. But the city of Conroe has absolutely embraced us. The city themselves support us in so many ways, the chamber of commerce. But I think we also have seven or eight financial sponsors, mm -hmm. uh, businesses within the community. So if you're asking me what makes it worthwhile, it's, you know, it's, again, I love the thrill of seeing it all come together. And there are a lot of moving pieces. But uh, we started working on this thing back in February of this year. You know, I mean, it's, it's months yeah. of preparation. Um, but just to see it all come together and, and, you know, every year, every year we hit this point and you go, man, I'm, 
I'm tired. Are we, are we going to do this again? Or is this the last one? You know, I mean, are we going to keep going? And then you go to the show and it just absolutely recharges you enough to do it again for another entire year. Well, let's talk about uh, how this uh, show began conceptually. As I mentioned up front and as we've uh, hinted at, uh, it's based on the Forged in Fire uh, television show, the competition show, and uh, the many very, very talented people. I mean, you see four people every week. There's always one winner, uh, but there are oftentimes... That's not a skill question. It's uh, oftentimes it's a luck question. So there's a lot of talent on that show. How did you uh, come to shape this show around that? Well, when Guy Harris came to me, we had met through other means um, you know, in other channels, and he came back to me and uh, said, "Hey, listen, there's a bunch of um, us, us, us knife guys, some forge and fire guys, and some knife makers around Houston, and especially the Northeastern area. He said, there's a bunch of us around it." You know, want to get together and, and do a show. We've been on the TV show. We have some people following us on Facebook and things like that. Um, we'd like to just get out there and meet the public and, you know, show more of what we do. Maybe even, you know, sell a few nights. They were trying to make a business out of something that had been, right, a hobby and a craft for a long time. So, you know, he came to me and said, Hey, we do knives. You do events. We should get together and do this thing. And so I got back to him a few days later after, you know, some thoughts and research. You know, I kind of laid out a, sketched out a quick little business plan on what this thing was going to take. Sponsors, venue. Uh, but I, I told Guy one thing. I said, I said, listen, if you know me, I got to do things a little bit unique and different. That's the way I've done sporting events and things like that. I said, I got to... Uh, well, I see your vision, but I want to do something that's, that's different and that's exciting. And we got to make this entertaining for people to come to. So that's when we came out, uh, came up with the idea of doing the live forging event and actually simulating the TV show. So listen, this is what people want to see. They tune in every week, you know, to, to see this. This is what they want to see. And it seemed crazy that, you know, we could try to pull this off and do it. But, um, you know, it worked the first year and then it's continued to get better every year. And, and I leave that piece of it, uh, to my partner, Jake. You've had Jake on the show. You've visited with yeah. him. You'll meet him when you're here. Um, he's, he is the knife guy. He, he is Brave Hawk Forge. He makes the tomahawks. You know, you see one right there on the wall behind me. Um, so yeah, that was an idea that guy and I had way back when, but uh, you know, Jake has just taken it and run with it. And it's, I, I think we are the only knife show in the country that simulates the live forging contest. If I'm wrong, then I'll be happy to uh, recognize and congratulate anyone else that does it. But I believe we're the only show in the country that takes four guys, uh, who are former forged fire contestants and we give them a pile of steel in three and a half hours and tell them good luck and make a knife. And what's the, what are the, uh, what's the prize? Is there, uh, they all get tested like on the show and. Yeah. So, so we've always tested the blades. I mean, if you're going to have a contest, you've got to have a winner. So how do we yeah. get from, you know, contest and entries, you know, to a winner? So in the early days, you know, the first couple of years of the show, we tested them on, you know, bags and, and uh, you know, water bottles and everything you kind of see it, uh, at an exciting, but maybe an amateur level or however you want to call it. I don't know. It was. You know, we were trying to figure that part of it out too. Uh, but again, kudos to, to Jake and he and I just kind of put our heads together. And I think it was three years ago. I think it was 2021 was the first year that ballistic dummy lab came on and partnered with us. So we actually have the ballistic gel torsos like you've seen on Forge <laughs> and Fire and other shows. So now we're, we're slicing the dice and we're cutting up, uh, you know, the, the dummy torso. So you got, you know, the, 
the blood squirting and the slicing, so it makes it even more exciting. So that kind of stepped it up a notch. And then last year, we always thought this was just a dream that would, might never come true. But early last year, April, May of, of 22, we, you know, sent a shout out to Doug Markaida and a few of the other judges on the show. Like, you know, hey, please, please come to the show. Please come to Conroe and check it out. And I think we've been trying to reach him for a couple of years and, you know, we never got a response. And then lo and behold, Markaida responded. He's like, so what's up in Texas? Tell us what's going on. And, and sure enough, he came to last year's show. So, um, yeah, so now we have, you know, a live contest, just like the show. We have Jay Nielsen and Doug Markaida coming to, to do the judging. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you're watching the show happen right before your eyes. Four contestants, one winner, you know, and real, real judges. That is so cool. I, I am, uh, uh, a longtime practitioner of Kali and, uh, I'm very much looking forward to Doug Markaida and I'm excited to ask him about a controversial thing that was going through the martial arts schools uh, that I was going to long before the show began. And it was his philosophy on footwork. So I'm going to talk to him about that. I can't wait to meet him. And I've had Jay on the show and I've met him in person, but it'll be really nice to reconnect and, um, you know, forge perhaps a, a, a stronger relationship with these guys. Uh, but before you started this and, and focused this show very smartly, if you ask me, around a forging competition, have, had you been to other knife shows for research, uh, to check out how others do it? So I had, I had not when the idea was first brought to me. So obviously you get online, you start checking some things out, but, um, not long after a guy came to me, you know, and we, we were still in talks to put it together and starting to put some of the pieces together, talking to the venue and some potential sponsors. Um, there's a gentleman right down the road that's in the same Texas, uh, circle of South Texas bladesmith, uh, Cowboy Szymanski that has Phoenix knives. His first show was coming up just a couple of weeks later. So guy and I traveled down. Guy was actually attending the show and, and exhibiting and selling at the show. So I had a chance to see that and see, you know, what, what a good show looks like and, you know, what will draw people to the show. Um, you know, and just meet a lot of people that are in the industry that would be coming to our show as well. So that the timing was great. You know, I got to attend that. Uh, took one of my boys out. We had a great time, one of my sons, and we had a great, great time at the show. And, you know, that's, that for me was the first time it seemed real. Like this is, there's some layers to it here, uh, you know, and there's a lot to put this together, uh, but it will definitely draw a crowd and people can come and have a good time. So we've just continued to try to take that philosophy. And again, every year you try to make it better than the last. I think we've done that. We continue to add more events and attractions and make the contests sweeter and sweeter. I mean, when we first started the forging contest, we used railroad spikes. And so they were making a railroad spike knife. Uh, well, now we've stepped it all the way up to where I think it's a, a 19 layer billet. Uh, excuse me. Ooh. No, I have it in my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. 139 layer. And it's a 19 inch um, edge cutting surface blade. So we've gone wow. from railroad spikes to a 19 inch you know, 139 layer billet. I mean, so it's, it's become a tr tremendous, uh, contest just in, in itself. Well, uh, I asked you before and then I veered off, but is there a prize? Uh, these, yeah. uh, these guys get to, to compete. What do they win? Uh, bragging rights more than anything else. It's, it's right the, the, the pride. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the prizes for sure, but 
you know this crowd, uh, and, and, and you know how proud they are. Now, they're a brotherhood, and again, that's what uh, they've accepted me into that, and, and that's what makes this fun and exciting. Um, but, you know, like we had Jonathan Sibley who won two years straight. Oh, trust me, he let everybody know and hear about <laughs> the fact that he was, you know, a running two-year champion, you know, uh, with uh, Gen Designs. He's, you know, right down the highway from us. Um, and then we had, uh, you know, Chris came in and won the next year. And then last, so last year, we, again, really trying to let these guys uh, ham it up a little bit. We went from giving you know, plaques and things like that that they could hang on the wall. And I'm sure that was exciting to them. But last year, Jake, Jake came up with the idea of a, a, a world wrestling big gold belt, the big buckle, the giant buckle. Oh, uh, oh yeah, no, it's, we've got the, we have pictures of Don Halter with Cragax. Armory winning it last year. You know, he's got, you know, he's holding the blade. I mean, he's holding the belt up and, you know, Markite is there with the blade and, you know, I mean, he just smiles from ear to ear. So huge bragging rights. He takes that to every show he goes to and he did a video. I can send it to you if you want to edit this in or, or, uh, you know, you can see it on our social media. You know, he, he did a video a couple of times holding that belt buckle up and he's like, see if you can come and take it from me. Come to this. <laughs> Come and take it, you know, that's like a Texas slogan. Uh, who doesn't want a championship belt for the thing that they're good at? You know, I'd love to, I'd love to get one at work every once in a while. Bob, you did a great job. Here's your belt. Like, and I walk yeah, around. Here's the your belt, exactly. Uh, so something very interesting about your show. Um, my, I only have a few other shows to, um, contrast it with, uh, which is, and, and I also haven't experienced it yet, the Texas Custom Knife Show, but, Blade Show, of course, I go to that annually, and I've been to the New York Custom Knife Show. That was a long time ago, um, and and uh, Blade Show has a lot of events, but really, it's a giant marketplace, and it's a place to meet. For me, it's a place to meet new makers and to acquire knives. Um, there are plenty of events there, but it's such a big affair that I feel like unless you're there for that event or competing in it, you might miss it. The thing about the Texas custom knife show that's very appealing to me is that it's an event. It's all based around various events. There's there's blade sports, there's uh, forging, there's tomahawk throwing. There's like a very community uh, uh, based feel to it. Uh, do you think I'm accurate? No, absolutely. And that's something that we've had to actually uh, work harder at and really strive for to make it a more family friendly event um, and to have some events and attractions that'll draw. Um, you know, people of all interest. One of the most rewarding things for me is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people as they're exiting the show, visit with people around the event throughout the weekend. Um, you know, and you always have, uh, you know, a son that brings a dad because dad is a fan of Forge and Fire. You always have girlfriend that comes with boyfriend or wife comes with husband yeah. or whatever, you know. Uh, so you, all, you, you see couples in small groups that come out because, you know, one or two members of that party our knife fans and, and they're fans of the TV show and, and all of that. And then you have those that just tagged along, you know, yeah. but then all of a sudden their eyes are opened up and they're like, okay, I never knew this show was this much fun. I never knew the Texas custom knife show had so much more to offer than just, you know, seeing a bunch of knives. I mean, we're, there'll be thousands of beautiful blades for sale, uh, with over 50 knife makers on display, but you're right. We have blade sports, which is just fun to watch, you know, the timed event, the time competition. I mean, it's just, it's fun to watch, but we have the tomahawk throwing and I don't care who you are. Um, 
you know, all ages, even the kids, we get out there and help the kids safely learn to, to do it. Uh, but this year we've added a couple of new things for primarily for kids. We're going to have face painting. I mean, so Bob, you can get a big, you know, big, big knife painted on your face or your shoulder. <laughs> we'll get you something painted up. Um, but, but we have two things that are going to be fun for the kids. Jelly ball is a kid's version of paintball. So they have inflatable, what do you want to call it? Uh, you know, areas where you can hide behind and shoot, right? But the balls are, you know, they're smaller and they're friendlier, they're kid friendly, they're environmental friendly. They're not going to stain or do anything to the environment, uh, or the arena. Uh, they don't hurt when you get hit. You know, you're not getting pelleted and pounded. Uh, so it's very kid friendly. And then we have some friends from Northern Texas coming down and bringing an inflatable BB gun shooting arena. Again, completely safe, very kid friendly, uh, very supervised and monitored that they will, uh, have a, have a BB gun shooting gallery on site as well. So. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things. That is cool. That sounds, uh, if my brother's listening, which he might be, it probably reminds him of the BB Wars we had as a kid. Uh, I know that this is just a shooting range, but you, you also have, uh, the, the jelly ball. That's, that's really cool. We were talking about blade sports and I was looking on your website. Jimmy Slash, a favorite of all of us here on the knife junkie and, uh, um, you know, knife YouTubers in general love Jimmy and he was there with his new cold steel, which I actually happen to have here, his, uh, his chopper uh, made by cold steel competing. So that's, uh, so not just forged and fire people, but other folks uh, we might know. Exactly. I mean, we continue to, to draw a bigger crowd. I mean, look, Bob's coming. You're, you're coming. So, I mean, I'm coming. (laughs) uh, This this show's gaining a lot of popularity. So, uh, you know, one, one uh, exciting thing, you know, we've partnered with blade sports. This will be, Second year, third year that they've come. Um, but they've agreed to, uh, proclaim our event that their event within ours, their competition with ours, uh, is now going to be the Blade Sports Texas State Championships. So we're very excited to announce that and, and to hold that. So this is going to be the Texas State Championships held at the Texas Custom Knife Show next month. All right, I'm, uh, explain. Blade Sports is an actual league, right? It's not just a generic term for people who like to chop things and compare themselves to others. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's a, it's a time competitive event. So the competitors and, and some are frequent Blade Sports competitors who will travel and follow and participate in different events where they appear around Texas and around other states. And sometimes we've drawn in you know, just local people that just want to come compete. They have to obviously pre-enter and their chopper or their blade has to meet those certain specifications. Last year, we even certified, uh, Blades were set up and ran their, their course and they actually certified some people. I don't believe they're going to be doing that this year. Uh, but you know, we want to do everything we can to support them and help them grow as well. But if you've never seen the event, um, it is fun. It's exciting. Uh, usually competitors go one at a time and it's a timed event. Where they're, you know, they're chopping the two by four, uh, slicing the water ball. I mean, it's exciting to watch. And, yeah. uh, you know, they chop the rope, chop the tennis ball, chop the, the ping pong ball. I mean, uh, you know, they've got that set course laid out and uh, people are going to be able to get a, a real good uh, bird's eye view. We actually have uh, some bleachers where people will be able to gather, uh, but sit up in the bleachers and watch the event happen. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it is exciting to watch. And that's all happening on Sunday. That'll be on Sunday, the 5th. 
Uh, I love watching those uh, blade sports competitions. They can be actually, uh, they can slip you into sort of a Zen meditation, just watching people go from uh, that slow slice through the uh, paper towel roll to releasing the ball and chopping it to uh, just knocking off a rope as you go to the bottle slice. I I love all that stuff. And as a matter of fact, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, I'm not new to knives. I think I could. I think I could do well at one of those. I'm going to have to start. Uh, who knows? Maybe while I'm there, if it's possible, I might try my hand at it. I know it's something you got to pre-qualify for, but not as a competition thing, but I would love to try. Because I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I could chop through an inch thick sisal rope. No problem. But then you actually go to do it. We'll see if we can get you a little demo run, a little exhibitor run or something. That's, uh, that's a good idea. We'll see what we can do. Well, uh, that's that's the that's when you know someone is great at something. They make it look easy. You know, I was watching uh, a couple of these blade sports uh, uh, competitions from the Texas Custom Knife Show 2022, and I was like, "Man, this guy's making it look easy. It must be hard." You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have to look at it that way. So, tomahawk throwing. I'm, I'm kind of staring. I'm looking at you, but I'm also staring at that tomahawk behind you. I gotta say, uh, tomahawk throwing is a uh, contest and a part of of this show and and an integral part of that is uh jake from from brave hawk uh tomahawks we had him on the show uh, uh, a couple months back and uh he makes these amazing tomahawks sort uh based out of the northeastern woodland tomahawk uh sort of era and they are meant for throwing tell me about his involvement with the show uh but also the tomahawk throwing yeah, honestly, I don't think we wouldn't have a show today if it wasn't for Jake. Uh, I mean, I, I love doing my part of it, but uh, the way that story goes, and that's, that story's become legend. Uh, you know, we did the first show, and, and again, it was, it was fun, um, but it didn't quite meet all expectations. And honestly, I walked away from the first one going, I'm just, I'm not sure if we'll do this. Again. Uh, but uh, about a month before, the show, actually probably about two months before that first show, the inaugural show, I get a phone call one Friday morning. And the guy says, hey, my name's Jake. Uh, you know, I'm in the area. I heard about the show. I make these tomahawks. You know, I'm thinking about setting up a tomahawk throwing booth because that's getting really popular. You know, do you think that would be a good fit for, you know, for the show that you're doing? And, uh, you know, that, that was immediate. I was like, heck yeah. I mean, that would be great. Let's do that. So we worked that out. And, you know, we had him all set. <laughs> we had him all set up. Uh, to come to the first show. And then I'm not lying. He calls me the week of the show and he's like, I can't be there. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't beat the show? We've been promoting you and hyping you and it, you're going to be a huge. And he's like, I can't tell you why. And I was like, you're telling me why I've been promoting you. You have to come to the show. You're coming to, I can't come to the show. Why not? I can't tell you why. Well, as it turned out, he was flying out the same day to the History Channel studios to, to film his episode. And he, you know, you know how they're sworn to, to see. He's like, I can't tell you. So he told me, but he didn't tell me because, you know, I mean, oh, I'm sorry if any of the, he didn't tell me early. I promise. I promise yeah. he didn't tell me. So, so, he, so he, he came, but didn't, he came and then he actually left to catch his flight and he went and filmed his episode, season six, uh, episode 15. So, now the show's over. We're into 2019 and I started doing some special events for some marketing clients of mine. And we did an event and I called him up and I said, Hey, can you bring your, your tomahawk throwing out? Be a good fit for this event. And he did. So we did, we did that event at one of my business clients. And then he, um, 
So it's early 2019, March, April, I think maybe. And he goes, so you're doing the knife show again? I said, no. He goes, you got to do the show again? I said, no. He goes, come on, man. You got to do the knife show again. I said, Jake, we're not doing the knife show again. It's just, you know, we did it once and, you know, some things were great. Some things weren't great. You know, it's first year. You learn a lot. You know, we're moving on. Mike, you got to do the show again. I said, Jake, we're not doing the show again. Let it go. So he just kept after me. And finally, he got me. He kind of wore me down. He's like, well, what would it take to do it? And I said, listen, I have about half a dozen phone calls. Sponsors would have to come back, and I don't know if they will. I said, we're going to change the venue um, because we had some challenges there. I said, there's a lot of things we've got to, a lot of change and do differently. And there's no way that everybody that would need to say yes and agree to all these things would, would do it. It just wouldn't happen. He's like, make the calls. Find out. God dang it, Jacob. So, Bob, sure enough, I made half a dozen phone calls. Everybody said yes. Everybody wanted us to do it again, and they were cool with the changes, and sponsors agreed to come back, and look, I guess we're doing the show again. <laughs> so that was year two, and, and here we are going into, into year number six. So thank you, Jake. Let, let me tell you two things that come out of this story for me. First of all, the reason they all said yes was not necessarily the show itself from that previous year, but it was working with you, no doubt, because uh, you know, I've worked with I, I work in somewhat adjacent line of work, and it's all about the people and how they handle uh, adversity while a production is in, you know, um, how people adapt, how they evolve. So I, I would imagine all those sponsors and people the year before were like, I want to work with this guy again. Yes, let's do it. So that's number one. Number two is something that I tell my daughters, uh, kind of, I send a mis mixed message. If they're like, I want to watch TV, and I'm like, no TV. And they're like, I want to watch TV, no TV. You're so persistent. Cut it out. But other times when they want something <laughs> that I want them to want, and they go after it, and they achieve it, I'm like, that persistence really paid off. So I'm sending a mixed message there. But right here, it was Jacob's persistence that led to this show continuing. And uh, it sounds like the two of you make uh, good partners. Uh, that sort of um, juxtaposing partnership thing. We really do. I'm probably a little more old school, and he's a lot more cutting edge, pun intended. Um, you know, we have skill sets that, that match up. You know, I, I have a promotional background, but my guy, he can be creative. And his energy, he, I mean, thank you for having me on the show, but I'm the kind of guy that really tries to stay behind the scenes uh, and have him do all the interviews because he is, he's electric, uh, he's energy. You know, he's, he's just much better at being the face of the show than me. I, I love getting out and selling it because I like talking with the business people. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we absolutely compliment. I, I like to let him get up on the stage. It seems like every time I have to get up to the microphone, uh, something goes, goes sideways. I think it was two years ago. Um, we sit at the stage and we're getting ready to jump up and had to make an announcement, a presentation. And you got your little index cue cards to thank sponsors. And uh, this is when we still did the show at the brewery and they had some metal poles. I don't know what they used the poles for, but they were about knee high up out of the ground. And so we were kind of sitting there in the chairs and I kind of missed my cue. And, uh, and I hopped up out of the chair to run up on stage and I bashed my leg, you know, right up in, into one of those poles. And so, you know, you got the adrenaline going at the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, sure enough, I get up there on stage and I'm making an announcement and people are looking up at me and I look down and blood is just gushing down the front of my leg. It's like something always goes wrong anytime, you know, it's my turn to get up there and face the show. So I like to sit back. This is fun. I'm having a great time. Um, the, the makeup people didn't show up to do my hair and face. Oh, yeah. I thought it would be fun. 
Yeah, they didn't show up here either. <laughs> Sorry. So, but, but I am sporting my A&M Aggies jersey. Okay. So go Ags, beat Alabama today. All right. I had to get that in. All right. So I got to, got to, got to promote my Aggies today. Um, but, uh, but no, do, doing the show is a ton of fun, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it without him. Um, maybe he could do it without me. I don't know, but certainly when one of us gets a little, um, Brain fried. We don't get burned out. Neither one of us ever get burned out, but you just kind of get like, I need a recharge. I need, I need a little power check. And then here comes the other one with a brand new idea, you know, or something different. Um, you know, he, he put a little twist into the live forging contest this year, which yeah. we can talk about. Um, he, he put a little, just when I thought, you know, is this going to be the, the same old thing again? And uh, what can we do different? And then all of a sudden, boom, he had the idea. Well, uh, kind of like Forged in Fire has done, uh, I'm very interested in what these things are kind of out in the culture that bring non-knife people. I believe personally that everyone's a knife person. They just don't know it. And I'm not, I'm not being corny. I actually believe that an appreciation no, for a good knife is in our epigenetics. It was our first tool and it allowed us to survive. You know, uh, it predates pretty much everything. So. Um, I, I believe that that's in everyone's system. And it's always curious to me, what are the things that make the non-knife person a knife person? Forged in Fire, for instance, is definitely one of those. Uh, I, people become interested in those kind of process shows. But whether it's, uh, we used to, my wife and I, when I was in New York City and work, working in the fashion industry, I was like, they need to make a project runway for knives, you know, where guys come in there and they make knives. A couple of years later, this comes out. I wasn't the only one thinking about it. People love that sort of process thing. There's something about knives that really draw people in whether they want to or not. So this is all to say, I'm curious, when you were working on a corporate, a totally different corporate show uh, event, and you reached out to Jake and said, your axe throwing would be appropriate here. What was that event? Uh, you know, you don't have to be too specific. And and how do you think you bridged the gap between knife people and total non-knife people and tomahawk people? And brought those things together. Well, like I said, I mean, this show has really always been designed for the knife makers and give them a chance to celebrate what they do, uh, get them their recognition and draw their fans to the show. But in doing so, um, we've drawn, you know, hundreds and thousands of, of non knife makers. Like I said, whether it's, you know, friend that comes with another friend, uh, you know, and the first one is a knife maker and the, and the second one isn't. Like you said, people either, they always find something to connect with here. Like you said, whether it's the the history of what knives are. I mean, we live in our phones every day, and our you know all of this technology these days. And I think it really does connect with everyone at some level because it takes takes them back to their to our roots and, and who we are. But the other thing is, people there's so many different styles of knives, whether it's self defense, cutlery. I mean, there's thousands of knives on display here, so. People find something that they identify with, whether it's utilitarian, something that's purposeful and functional, or so many people are just blown away with, with the beauty of it, uh, the beauty of the different blades, whether it's Damascus or a different style. Uh, so many people just ooh and awe over you know a lot of the blades because just how gorgeous they are, the handles, the woodworking, and everything. Um, and then it's just, again, it goes back to the people. The, the bladesmith community is is incredible. It's wonderful people. I grew up with farmers, uh, but I've also worked with uh, athletes and entertainers and, and corporate people who thought they were a lot better than they were in their corporate world, you know, kind of thing. These are the most down to earth, loving and friendly people. And that's the reason I want to keep quiet. 
It's good. I get to see them every year. So we've talked a lot about the event aspect of it, the different things, uh, the forging contest, the tomahawk throwing, the blade sports. But there will also be uh, knife makers who are showing off their work uh, and selling it. Let's talk a little bit about that. Who are what? What kind of knife makers are coming to this, and how do you draw those people in? What kind of knife makers? Well, again, the show is. What, I'm sorry. What I, what I mean is, you have people beyond just forged in fire uh, uh, contestants, right? Showing off their work. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Initially, it was only going to be the forged and fire people because, again, it just started with a, a smaller vision. But it, it's it's definitely definitely grown. Uh, we definitely want to promote Texas bladesmithing and Texas Knife Makers Guild is one of our uh, sponsors and supporters. But we're drawing we're drawing knife makers from Louisiana. Uh, Missouri. Um, in fact, uh, Kyle Reese with Meltdown, um, he comes out of Missouri. He was actually on Jake's episode and they've, con- they've continued a relationship because they filmed together. Uh, but he's going to come down and do the, um, make it yourself, uh, booth where you can come in and make your own knife with a forged and fire bladesmith and, and take that home as a souvenir. So we've got guys coming from Missouri, Oklahoma, Colorado. I mean, they're, I don't want to say they're coming nationally but but certainly our, our footprint is really really growing they're coming from all over texas uh, and we're trying to get you know the word out as much as we can so um some of them are forged the fire guys but no some of them are definitely not well uh, i mean that's that's the great thing i just wanted to make sure uh, that there's opportunity to buy because people love going to blade shows and seeing all that stuff happen but they also like to leave with a souvenir and as i was telling you uh before we started rolling here um, I'm going to have to be very judicious with what souvenir I walk with. Uh, but, uh, one of those tomahawks, uh, brave hawk tomahawk is kind of chief among, uh, what I'm thinking there. But, um, yeah, the idea of having, having a whole knife centric event that is a marketplace where you can buy, but is also so much more, uh, is appealing to me. What about, uh, you know, standard, um, event, uh, uh, um, extras like is there food it's texas i'm thinking barbecue is there an- anything like that happening there you know that's a silly question i mean that that's absolutely <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna have uh we're, we're gonna have jamal coming out with his trailer uh, you know doing a barbecue doing it right uh, your brisket your pulled porks i mean this is to, you know if you don't know it the state sport of texas um as much as it is football it's also barbecue you know, and smoke, smoking meats. So it's a, <laughs> you can't do an event. And it's certainly one like this that draws this kind of crowd. Uh, but we're also going to have a taco truck and then a truck that's got more variety of sandwiches and things like that. Um, all the drinks, including some, some adult beverages, uh, to enjoy. Uh, so, it's, you know, there's going to be beer. There's going to be barbecue. There's going to be, uh, some blades. So it's definitely going to be a good time. And and all of this happening on November 4th and 5th, 2023 in Conroe, Texas, beautiful Conroe, Texas. Tell me a little bit about Conroe. As I was mentioning beforehand, I was looking, re- refreshing myself as to its geography north of Houston. But a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a, a lot of Texas beauty all around. Tell me about it. I mean, it is. It's in the middle of pine country. And so it, it is, you know, we're at the fairgrounds, but. You know, driving through Conroe, and especially if you're driving in from out of town, you're going to come in and you'll see that, you know, 50 to 100 foot pine trees, the evergreens. I mean, it's, it's beautiful country. I love living here. I grew up in farm country in Kansas, but I 
I love being a part of this community for the people and, and, and the culture here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful place to live. Uh, you know, we've got Lake Conroe and a lot, a lot of water sports and a lot of recreational areas. It's a, it's a, it's a great community to live in. Um, but one of the things I love most about Conroe, you know, it's, it, it's the center and the heartbeat of Montgomery County in Texas. Montgomery County, you can look on any report. It's one of the fastest growing uh, counties in the country. Um, we are, again, we're just north of the Houston metro area. Conroe used to be that little town that was 30, 40 miles away from Houston. And it was just a small little community, very rural and you know, agriculture based community. And then, of course, railroad came through. And so that really uh, brought uh, you know, a thriving economy into the Conroe area. It was where there was a lot of cattle exchange, cattle loading and unloading. So it was just that kind of a market in South Texas. You know, that was the, the, the historic, historic base to, South Texas. But then obviously, you know, as the cities have grown and then the populations have grown and the sprawl of Houston has just overtaken it. So as you travel up I-45 north out of Houston, it's it's pretty hard to tell when you've left Houston and, and, and moved, traveled into Montgomery County and Conroe. It's really, it is one continuous metro area. I think, uh, don't quote me on this and I could be wrong, but I know I've heard and I know I've read Population-wise, Houston is the fourth largest city in the country. But in terms of area and sprawl, I'm pretty sure that Houston metro area is the largest geographically city in the country. So Conroe is the very northernmost edge. I, I tell people if you draw a clock, it's right at 12 o'clock. It's right at the northernmost edge of the Houston metro area. Uh, but here's what you love most about Conroe when you live here and you do business here. It still has that small-town feel. There might be a million people here. Not might be. There are. There are a million people plus in Montgomery County. Uh, but I go to the Chambers of Commerce. I talk to business people. People know you by your first name. Uh, they shake hands. They hug. I mean, it's Southern hospitality. And it, we do business here and we live here and we treat each other just like that uh, farm town I grew up in, which was, you know, 3,000 people in Gerard, Kansas. You know, but this is Conroe, Texas. And, you know, I love, I love, and I tell the people of Conroe this, you know, that in the, in the, in the knife industry, you know, we reference these shows by the town they're hosting. You know, uh, Tennessee does a great show, but everybody calls it the national show, right? Uh, Blade Show is still Blade Show by brand name, but people call this the Conroe Show. Um, so even though it's got a big name, Texas Custom Knife Show, I love that people just call it it's the Conroe Show. You know, it gives it that small town feel like it is, and, and uh, it's just an amazing thing to me. It really is. Well, I, uh, I, I live in, uh, the greater DC area, a super quote unquote progressive area. And, uh, knives are not a big thing here. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, this is one of those areas where you would expect to have like a blunted tip knife law. But anyway, um, I idealize Texas a lot for that. Uh, I, I, I say that, but things have changed in Virginia because of our, our new governor and knife rights. But, um, I do idealize Texas in terms of a, a place for freedom and a place for uh, where you're free to carry, you know, knives and things are big and they don't mind uh, uh, in terms of like, I don't know, this this kind of thing. Um, what are some of the challenges of putting together a knife show like this and how are they are they relieved by being in a place like Texas? I mean, everything you just described, Bob, certainly does make it easier. Um, I mean, it's. 
there are places there in, in this country where going out and promoting and talking about a knife show may not be embraced and may not be welcome. People may perceive that as a as an issue, a concern, maybe even a threat. Um, so certainly doing this project in this area certainly does make it easier. You walk into a business and tell them what you do. Um, I mean, I've never, you know, had anyone have a look of horror on their face. <laughs> um, obviously we have to be very careful in what we do. Uh, insurance companies, you know, aren't always, uh, you know, don't always love what we do, but, um, you know, obviously we're very careful because, you know, everybody that attends this show respects what we do. Um, and, and they're very careful about it. We've never had an incident. We go to great lengths for safety, obviously, for the, for the bladesmiths and, and definitely for the public. We go to great lengths for their safety. And there's times and places within the show that obviously we have to keep the crowd back for all the safety reasons, uh, and the live forging is going on and things like that. Um, we have a new attraction this year. We kind of tried it last year. We have a, a new attraction this year, which we should talk about the museum, Bob. Um, but certainly there's some, some safety protocol there. Uh, but back to your point, to your question, the show, it's the nature of the show itself isn't really a challenge. The biggest challenge that we have is we are a major metro area with, you know, major sporting events. You have the Houston Astros, you have the, the Houston Texans, um, you have you know, major concerts come through here. Um, you know, you've got at any given time the symphony, the orchestra. I mean, all the way down to the, the very same weekend that we are doing our show. I think there's three or four other big festivals going on within. 25 miles of our show, you know, so just the, the entertainment dollar, uh, is, is always, you know, up for grabs. It's always a, a competition just to, you know, get a family to come. That's the biggest challenge. So we try to be very grassroots in what we do, but we also have billboards, radio, print, and we're doing a lot of the traditional stuff. And of course, social media advertising like, like crazy. I think you've seen some of what we do and we do what we can to reach people locally. So they'll come by too. Uh, on this show, I've interviewed a bunch of people, and many of them have been from Texas. It's a great knife state, along with Pennsylvania, California, oddly enough, um, uh, Florida, Oregon. I mean, well, there are a lot of great knife states, but Texas, I've spoken to a lot of people from there. If there are Texas knife makers who want to become a part of this, I mean, obviously, it's a little late now, probably, uh, but in the future, how do you suggest uh, people get involved uh, if they're knife makers? And in Texas. So we had just a bit of technical difficulty. I just want to clarify the question. How would mm -hmm. a potential knife maker get involved with the industry and blade making or get involved with our show? Uh, get involved with their show. You know, I'm talking about I've, I, there are a lot of knife makers in Texas. Uh, how would they perhaps get involved with this show? Yeah, just reach out to us and we'll just make sure they're a fit. But if they're in the knife making industry, you know, we want to get them involved year round, you know, not just our show once a year, one weekend. So they can contact the Texas Knife Makers Guild uh, is a great way to really get involved with the industry. But as far as our event is concerned, uh, just, just reach out to us. The, uh, the email address is TexasCustomKnifeShow at Gmail. Uh, Jacob monitors that very closely, a little, little more than I do, because that's where we direct uh, a lot of the attendees and a lot of the knife guys. So TexasCustomKnifeShow at Gmail.com. All they need to do is just send an email. Uh, one of us will reach back out to them, see what's up, and, and make sure that they, uh, you know, they got the right idea and, and get them plugged into the show. So I think we have probably, uh, I'd have to go back and check the list, but there's probably 20 knife makers coming this year that it'll be their first year at our event. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, no, it's a, that's a very exciting thing. You just continue to draw new people. And new people are getting into the industry all the time, right? Yeah. So as they become, they have you know more inventory made up that they want to show, they want to sell. You know, the show and, and shows like these, the TV show, the shows like these are helping this industry just thrive. So new, new guys are getting into it. Uh, ladies are getting into it. Uh, and certainly we welcome them. It's interesting. Uh, you mentioned ladies getting into it. Uh, haven't seen too many female contestants on Forged in Fire, but uh, knowing women, I feel like it could be a great hobby or thing to get into because uh, at least all the women I know and have ever known, including my daughters, are, are way more detail-oriented than I am. And and uh, so in a process like that, it seems like um, it's kind of a wide-open hobby for women to enter into because it might tap into some of their uh, particularities, if you will. I, I'm, I hope I'm not speaking out of school. I think my wife would agree with me when I say uh, she's more detail-oriented than I am, um, though I think I could probably swing the hammer for longer. Anyway, uh, getting past that. Uh, <laughs> some people might be wondering, what the hell is Bob going to do at that knife show? He doesn't make knives. So what what kind of things are you thinking of uh, in how how can I be of service? Because I'm really excited to be of service to this show. Oh no, that's great! Uh, yeah, we we need your help. We need your help. So um, Friday evening is when we have kind of a VIP meet and greet. That's a fancy name uh, for really just all the knife guys getting into town, getting ready and getting set up, and a chance for them to sit down and have a little Texas barbecue and, and let them catch up, so that when it's game time, you know, the next day. You know, they can do their thing and, and tend to the crowd and talk to their customers and they've already had their chance uh, to get reconnected because this is always a mini reunion and those guys come into town. But one thing that we'll be doing Friday night at that event is actually the entry and judging of all the best in show knives. So uh, all of the entries will be submitted for you know the best Bowie knife, you know, the best uh, everyday carry, the best tomahawk. Um, I think we're doing a folder. We've got seven different categories this year. So we need your help judging those. You're, you're, you're an expert. You're a pro. So we're going to let you weigh in and cast a vote on your favorite uh, entry in each of those categories and help award uh, and present the winners there. So when the show starts the next morning, you know, you'll have your stories to tell. Uh, but the guys will have their awards on their table and, and, and their knife or tomahawk on display as, hey, this is a, uh, I already won best in show for this show 2023. So. We definitely need you to, to participate in that. You good with that? Oh, man. I am. <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Anything I can do and, uh, you know, if I can help uh, run the show, whatever it is, not run the show, but talk to people, you know, when you're actually running the show. Um, um, anyway, I, I just some somehow things become more real when you put money down on them. And I just bought my plane ticket, which was so shockingly reasonable. I'm so excited. Uh, so like there's, there's, uh, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, it's become very real to me. I'm very excited. Um, I'm also excited to meet you in person. I'm excited to meet Jake in person. And, uh, and of course, uh, Jay and, and Doug Markaida. Um, but also just meeting knife makers is one of my favorite things to do. When I, when I go to Blade Show annually, I leave there feeling like that is my element. Why am I not in my element all the time? You know, and sometimes you cannot be, but, uh, this, this is another exciting thing to me about coming to Conroe is, is meeting all these knife makers. 
Um, so if anyone is listening here and might have, might want to help out in other ways, uh, I assume that it's never too late for sponsorship offers. And, and, you know, I hope I'm not speaking out of school here, but if someone wanted to help sponsor the show, what would they do to become a part of it? Yeah. Again, go ahead and send, um, you can just send a quick note to that same email or, or the email that I use more for this event is razor sharp MT, my initials MT at Yahoo. Uh, either of those emails, but certainly the Texas custom knife show at gmail.com. If you're interested, uh, in sponsoring. And again, we're less than 30 days from the event. Um, you know, we did have a sponsor come on board last week, but you know, we're, we're pretty tight at this point with uh, the funding that we need. Um, and of course the benefits that a sponsor receives, you know, being on all the printed material and, and, and radio ads and things like that. So a little, little bit late in the game for 2023, but yeah, if you're interested in supporting us, being a part of it, um, again, our sponsors that, that first year, I mentioned the phone calls that I had to make, you know, sponsors have come back every single year. Uh, you know, new people have come on board and continue to support us and want to be a part of it. We try to give back to our sponsors more than we ask them to give to us. Uh, we let them involved in the show. We've had sponsors be involved in the judging, like we talked about in the past, the ballistic. That means if there's anything left of those torsos, we'll let a sponsor <laughs> get up there with a tomahawk <laughs> and just go crazy and, and finish off, you know, one of those dummies. So, you know, we like to have our sponsors have fun and get involved. Um, but they're in it to, to support and promote their business. So we want to make sure that we uh, give them a chance to bring their clients out and have a unique experience or do whatever we can. Usually every sponsor, you know, they get, they get the menu items of, yes, you'll be, you can have banners and you can have a booth and you can have tickets and all the normal stuff. Uh, but we try to put a twist on it where they're doing something unique to their business. Where I really do try to customize. That goes back to my sports marketing days and, and just trying to do a lot of things to customize and make the experience for the business as beneficial as it can be because they're there to grow their business. And I know that. So uh, we, we do what we can. To, so that we're not just taking their money. We're making sure that they're growing their business. Well, I think it benefits everyone to have someone with such uh, business savvy uh, in front of this. And then the fact that you love knives and are a part of that community makes it even better. Mike Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the Knife Junkie podcast. Texas Custom Knife Show coming up November 4th and 5th. Uh, I will be there. Doug Markaida will be there. Jay Nielsen will be there. Um, as, as well as Jake from Brave Hawk Forge, Mike, and a whole host of, uh, knife makers from all around that region. I cannot wait. Mike, thanks for coming on the show, sir. Oh, thank you for having us. This has been fun. Appreciate all you're doing to, to promote the show. And one of the reasons that we're growing is because of people like you and the things you do to get the board out. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Take care, sir. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Don't take dull for an answer. It's the Knife Junkie's favorite sign-off phrase, and now you can get that tagline on a variety of merchandise, like a t-shirt, sweatshirt, hoodie, long-sleeve tee, and more, even on coasters, tote bags, a coffee mug, water bottle, and stickers. Let everyone know that you're a Knife Junkie and that you don't take dull for an answer. Get yours at thenifejunkie.com slash dull and shop for all of your Knife Junkies merchandise at thenifejunkie.com slash shop. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Thomas, producer of the Texas Custom Knife Show. You know, I don't know if he calls himself producer, but from my perspective, that's what he's doing. He's taking all of these elements from all over the place, putting them together in, into an amazing experience. 
uh, that us knife junkies can enjoy. So if you are a knife junkie living in Texas, uh, Louisiana, Oklahoma, or wherever, uh, come on down to the Texas Custom Knife Show on November 4th and 5th. I know I, for one, would love to meet you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to join us next week for another great conversation with another great knife person. And then join us on Wednesday for the midweek supplemental. Don't forget Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch for Thursday Night Knives. For Jim working his magic behind the switcher, I'm Bob DeMarco saying until next time, don't take dull for an answer. Thanks for listening to the Knife Junkie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review at reviewthepodcast.com. For show notes for today's episode, additional resources, and to listen to past episodes, visit our website, theknifejunkie.com. You can also watch our latest videos on YouTube at theknifejunkie.com slash YouTube. Check out some great knife photos on theknifejunkie.com slash Instagram, and join our Facebook group at theknifejunkie.com slash Facebook. And if you have a question or comment, email them to bob at theknifejunkie.com or call our 24-7 listener line at 724-466-4487, and you may hear Hear your comment or question answered on an upcoming episode of the Knife Junkie Podcast.